the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful <laughs> spells. She's actually sending me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Bless it be, y'all. Bless it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us on another episode of That Witch Life Podcast. I am your host, Kanani. And I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Courtney. Hello. And Hillary. Hello. And we are actually super excited because we are being joined later today by Rachel True. Yay! Yeah, we are super excited. And uh, who many of you will know from the movies The Craft or how my husband knows her from the movie Half-Baked. That's where he fell in love with her. And the movie Half and Half. And yes, and Courtney is later going to be talking to us about things involving the new moon. So yeah, I'm also throwing in some solstice magic as well. I'm also like, like really hoping that we can get through any moon talk without any inappropriate terminology. You know what? <laughs> this one is actually going to be pretty clean. Like I no, tried really No beaver, no <laughs> quincunks. No, no beaver, no quincunks, nothing horrifying that's going to make me ruin my my um my section. It's actually pretty straightforward, believe it or not. I mean, I'm like shocked. We'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to get through it quickly because to be honest, people would rather hear Rachel True than yep. me, but we do have a show to do and magic to talk about. So yes. People are like, yeah, 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 new moon, whatever, whatever. Let's get to Rachel True. <laughs> exactly. I know, I know where I stand and I'm okay with that. It's fine. It's very exciting. Sorry, I have all the agendas up. So before we get to Rachel True, who is far more interesting than any of us will ever be, does anyone have anything new going on? I know that we've got something going on on Insta right now. We do, in fact. So for those of you that are as excited as we are that Rachel True is coming on our show, um, as you know, as I'm sure all of you know at this point, uh, Rachel has an incredible new tarot deck out. Um, and we, in excitement and anticipation of this episode coming out, we have actually purchased a copy and it is currently up for giveaway on our Instagram. Um, you have until 6 p.m. tonight. So that's 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday, December 7th. So make sure if you want to join, it's very simple. You, all you have to do is like the post, follow us. And, uh, and tag three friends in the comments. And then we will be announcing the winner of that on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. And our um, Instagram handle is that which life podcast, or do I have that wrong? Do I have that confused with my other podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, you're, you're like, what exactly is our, <laughs> what is our podcast no. <laughs> what is today? Yes, Courtney, you are correct. We are at that which life podcast. So, uh, oh, you can good. find us there. You got it Right. I'm so glad. Um, I know. That would be really embarrassing if you got it wrong. So um, let me just say that I still do not understand Instagram, even though I have an account. 
<laughs> at soccer mom Morticia. I have no idea how to read messages. I have no idea how to send messages. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We need to have like a Zoom call in which I show you how to do these things. Yeah. Because- I, there's all kinds of things I don't know how to do. But the other day, I somehow it popped up on my feed that I saw that we had a listener who posted a picture of a blizzard. Oh, yes. And said something about how I am listening to that witch podcast while eating a blizzard. I hope Kanani is proud of me. How meta. So meta. Let me tell you, so proud. (laughs) I even tagged you in that so you could find it. Oh, my God. I I was like, I was like, because I don't understand any of the things. (laughs) But I saw that and I showed my husband and, oh, the eye roll was epic. And I, because, you know, it's just, it's just more people encouraging me to eat more ice cream, which is what I do 90% of my day. Anyway. And so (laughs) I was like, I was over the moon when I saw that. So thank you for being a wonderful person and really a hero by eating a blizzard (laughs) while listening to our podcast, because that is the kind of commitment that I am looking for here. Oh my God. So Courtney, what did, speaking of spell kits, Uh, You were going to talk to us about new moon magic. So, yeah, we have a new moon coming up on Monday, December 14th, a week from today. And as we are in Sagittarius and it is a new moon, it is a time to start thinking about big things and the big things we want to create. So given that we are at the end of the year, it is a really good time to start making plans for 2021. So start thinking of the things that you want to bring into your life and don't be shy about it, okay? Don't just ask for something halfway. Use this Jupiter Sagittarius energy to really bring in the dreams that you have and cast for those. So this is energy, um, know that this is energy you want to build into your work. One of the things that um, I do, which I, you know, is keeping a jar of coins by the front door, which is an old Appalachian trick to continue to bring prosperity and blessings into your home. I also add black-eyed peas to the jar. Use the dried ones, not the canned ones. Okay, the canned ones will rot. The dry ones will be fine as long as you keep them dry. I I know, I thought about that. When I wrote this, I'm like, somebody out there is going to open a can of black-eyed peas and wonder why they have mold at their front door. I'm like, dried ones? Don't do that. You can get them for a buck at the dollar store or at the grocery. Like, no, they're not expensive. And so, um, um, also, so, or writing down things that you want to bring into your life, sticking those in the jar or finding tarot cards that represent those images and sticking them in the jar as well. Um, so if you have an old tarot deck that's, you're missing some cards or the cards are really ready to retire, using the cards in your spell work is a great way to continue to manifest the things that you want or banish the things that you don't want. So some of the really good cards to include in this might be um, the Ten of Pentacles or its equivalent in your deck, the King or Queens of any of the suits that you want to bring in. So cups, if you're looking for romance, um, wands, if you're looking for creative energy and inspiration, um, Pentacles for... um, for, um, for like money and, um, health and then swords for protection. Okay. So those are some of the things that I do. So, um, 
anything related to Sagittarius also talks a lot about freedom. And because new moons have new beginnings, this is a really great time to break free from old habits. Um, if you decide to get one of our new moon spell kits, they are specifically designed for, um, for new beginnings and, you know, releasing old things that you no longer have use for. So check out our Etsy store and pick up one of those. Um, so basically if you want to do a new year's resolution, go ahead and start now. So breaking away from what you need to let go of. So giving up some vices like smoking or cutting back on drinking or eating healthier may be difficult around during the holidays, especially during a pandemic. But even just setting the magical intention to make these changes is a great start. Something else that you can do is taking a piece of the Christmas tree. Like if you get a, um, a, um, a fresh tree the way that we do, you often have to cut off a chunk at the base to get it to fit into your um, Christmas tree stand. Well, you can use that piece as like a, um, as similar to the old Yule log. So you can nail an effigy of the thing you want to let go of and burn it. If you don't have a fireplace or a fire pit, you can instead write down the things that you want to let go of onto a green candle, and you can burn that onto this piece of wood or just by itself. So that's a way of bringing in this kind of renewal energy that is symbolized by the pine of Yule, and that can be really helpful. I also say if you can't do burning at all in the place where you live or you don't want to, don't underestimate the smushing ritual, which we learned from Anwen, um, Anwen Avalon. Um in which you can write down the things that you want to let go of and basically like smush that in water until it's dissolved and gone away or it's just so messy that it's all falling apart. And then like depositing that at, the, depositing that at a crossroad somewhere if you're able or just out in the woods or something or the backyard near where you are. Um, I would also encourage using some pine needles. If, like I said, if you have a Christmas tree, it's a great way to use it. If you don't, you know, maybe you can get some from a wreath somewhere or from a tree in your park, but all of that energy is a lot about cleansing and renewal. And so, um, really take advantage of it. Now, as a personal reflective time, the new moon in Sagittarius is a really good time to examine areas of where we might be leaning into immaturity. Kanani. So, um, like, Sagitt <laughs> like she's already area? tuning me out. She's like, Oh, personal growth. Yeah. I'm going to, just going to click out at this. Okay. She, she's wow. like, she's like, I've already been shopping on the internet. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. She's like, no, you started talking five minutes ago. I'm done. So the low vibe of the Sagittarius has a very Peter Pan energy. And I don't mean that in a good way. I don't mean it as like the spirit of childhood and keeping the inner child alive. It's more like refusing to grow up. Hello to all of my Sagittarius exes. You know who you are. <laughs> so taking some time to meditate on where you can grow up a little bit is, is good for everybody. This doesn't mean like you can't watch your favorite kid movies over the holidays. You should, you know, um, but balking against paying your bills on time or having direct, even if it's difficult conversations with the people in your life, those are the things that we need to be doing. Right. Um, so a good cleansing ritual, um, again, if you can use pine or fir for this time of year is a great thing to do. Um, so, so some salt water where it's like cleansing your head, you can do it in the shower or just sit and use a little bit at your meditation space. If you're able to go outside, that's what I really encourage people to do. And either using that salt water on yourself to let go of some of that, or using some of that pine or fir bow and like kind of 
dipping it in that salt water and it's like shaking it all over yourself and sweep, like pushing away anything that might be holding you back from really being your highest self right now from where it's like, where am I being immature? Where do I need to let things go? Okay. And this is, again, this is different than being a kid at heart. So we're talking about like, let's get rid of the Peter Pan energy that's holding us back or affecting the people around us negatively. Negatively. All right. So this is also a time of a solar eclipse. Now, solar eclipses have a history of scaring the shit out of people because that's a time when the sun goes dark. Um, But one thing you can do with this energy is to absorb it as a way of either covering or distracting from something. So if you deal with jealousy or you want to like turn somebody's attention away from you, you want to try to keep things secret, you want a little more privacy, harnessing the energy of the solar eclipse can help draw the unwanted energy somewhere else. So what the thing you can do is charge a crystal with this energy of the new moon solar eclipse. Um, you know, we have our, the stone in our um, new moon kit is really good for that. But um, if you, you know, or even just a rock you find outside and um, you're using that in your new moon ritual and like setting it away from um the thing you want to keep private. So it's like everybody's attention turns that way. Cause that's one of the things about the solar eclipse is it, it draws people's attention. They're like, Oh my God, this is crazy. So if it's like, I don't want people to know about this really badass novel that I'm writing I might write down the title of the novel. And then I put the crystal on the other side of the altar from it. So it's like, I want to work on this in private. So nobody steals my idea. So nobody starts putting pressure on me to finish it on a timeline that isn't natural to me. And then when I'm ready, I remove the stone and give this project the attention that, um, that it wants. This is also really good if you're dealing with a coworker or someone in your life who is um, giving you a lot of negative attention that you don't want. They're micromanaging you, or they're de- you're dealing with some jealousy there. Um, you know, you can wrap like write their name down and wrap it in that stone, so that their their energy goes and wrap it around that stone, so that their energy goes somewhere else. So there's a lot of things that you can do at this new moon, and um, yeah, have fun, witches. That's a lot of cool stuff. Love it. I'm excited for this new moon. There's a lot of things in my life that I'm like really trying to focus on and push forward and manifest. And so I think like this is this is one that I'm quite excited to to do some really good magic on. I know. And it's some of the things that I'm working on were actually really brought to the surface by Rachel True's tarot deck, you know, about needing to be completely wrapped up and in, in, and so some of the things that I feel are more immature on my part in the past have been like you know, Hillary and I have talked about this a lot, the need to keep peace around me at all times, which means getting caught up in other people's emotions and feelings, which is different than actually owning up accountability if I've hurt someone or done something and I owe an apology or I owe some amends. But if somebody's upset about something that really doesn't have anything to do with me or it's not really my, I have the control about it, I need to let that go and let that person have their space and not take that on. And that's something I got from the one reading we did with Rachel's deck. And that's something I'm going to be working on because that's kind of my Peter Pan energy is like, oh, no, someone's upset. I need to fix it. And that's not serving anything. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have a tendency to be like, I can make everything fine. I'm fine. You know, like, I'll make it better. I'll help. I want to help. And it comes, I think, out of a, a, I mean, there's, it's obviously I care about people and I want to help them. But, you know, I think sometimes it's important to look at yourself and go, is this a healthy habit? what is, what, what's, where does this habit come from? Like you have this caring, nurturing energy. 
is that where this is coming from or is it, you know, a response to something else? So I think, um, uh, I also got a lot of insight out of the reading that we did with Rachel's deck and, and have kind of, and it's really allowed me to, to put some boundaries in place that I think are helping me a lot, not, you know, reach critical overwhelm. So I think that's, it's been, you know, it was a very helpful reading. That was just like one card. Like it was very helpful. Yeah. We want to take a, take a second just to thank all of our supporters. We've got our full interview with Rachel True that's coming out this week on Patreon. Yeah, we had to cut. She spoke to us for an hour and a half. And so I know, we couldn't what put a it gift. all in there. Yeah, so, so we've got, yeah, we got the whole thing coming out on Patreon. And if you join at any level, you will have access to this and other great stuff. Higher Levels gets you access to our private Facebook group, special quarterly events, and even a gift box full of all kinds of witchy goodies. If you also join at the Kanani Boyfriend, Girlfriend, and Befriend level, Courtney will pull a card for you on the show. And today, she's actually going to be pulling a card and doing a reading for Shelby, who is a listener all the way in Australia. Oh, I'm, this is the problem that I have is that if I hear the name Shelby, I cannot not break out into a Southern accent and it's all because of steel magnolias. <laughs> and, so, and so I know Shelby is Australian, but all I can hear is Sally Field saying, Shelby, we cannot go into this now. You know, there is no way around it. So Shelby, I'm going to try really hard, but some of your reading might be a bit in my native accent, which is from the Carolinas. Okay. So um, for Shelby, I drew the Ace of Cups. Really exciting card. This is a card that can represent a lot of new things, including new relationships. Um, It is a card of deepening matters of the heart and um, being open to influences from people who really care about you. When you get the Ace of Cups, it's a time to accept love, accept support. And um, if you are looking for a new relationship or new love, it seems like it's probably pretty close. If you already are in a relationship, I think that relationship's going to deepen and um, become even more lovely. And so this is just a reminder, let people love you. You deserve it. And the tarot, um, the tarot wants you to remember that. And we certainly want you to remember that. And we also really thank you for being a Kanani girlfriend, boyfriend, and friend because we're not going to assume gender. And by the way, it's super cool that you're listening to us in Australia. In Australia, which you are about to get into the summer solstice because you have Christmas at summer solstice, which is awesome. So cray cray. I love it. So there are other ways that you can support our show. If you can't do a monthly donation on Patreon, you can buy us a coffee or buy that Witch Life merchandise on Etsy, including our new spell kits, which include a Yule, a New Moon, and Full Moon. And you can also consider becoming an episode sponsor. It's a great way to promote your business to thousands of witches. And you can purchase, you can also purchase a shout out and let people know about your virtual event or just to send love to your favorite witch. You can find out more on our website at thatwitchlife.com. I think we're ready for a word from our sponsor. Yes. We are all stuck inside, bored, trying to find things to do. There is pretty much no better time to focus on your witchcraft studies and increase your magical skills. That's why we are thrilled to have Sacred Mist Academy of Magical Arts and Sciences as an episode sponsor. Since 2002, Sacred Mist Academy has offered comprehensive online magical training programs with working witches around the world, including first through third degree Wicca training and an elder program available for initiates of the Sacred Mist tradition. 
Other programs include historical paganism, herbalist certifications, spellcrafting classes, tarot courses, Reiki training, and more. There are lots of enriching classes to choose from. Plus, if you just aren't getting enough of your That Witch Life hosts, our very own Courtney offers a spellcrafting and spellcasting certification through Sacred Mists. I've attended more than one of her classes over the years, and shh, don't tell her, but they're always pretty great. So get signed up and level up your spellcasting skills. All courses have their own private groups where students can gather and connect with other students. Students also have access to Sacred Mist Circle, a completely private, student-only social media platform, not Facebook, with profile pages, discussion boards, groups, blogs, a searchable book of shadows, videos, music, and more. Other Sacred Mist Academy social groups include witchcrafting, if you're interested in creating your own tools, a divination group to discuss decks and chair readings, empath groups to explore this gift and learn about shielding, healing, kitchen witchcraft, and more. Join the Sacred Mist live chats for rituals, live divination readings, study halls, and social gatherings for and by students. To enroll, go to sacredmistacademy.com and enter Witch Life during registration to receive free enrollment, a savings of $30. Monthly tuition then depends on which course or courses you take. Limit one per student, available until December 31st, 2020. Manifest the change you want to see in yourself and the world around you through Sacred Mists Academy. The Sacred Mists Academy is a tremendous learning resource, but guess what? Sacred Mists also has a shop, offering over a thousand witchcraft tools, supplies, and gifts, including crystals and gemstones, incense and candles, hand-rolled beeswax spell candles, and other spell supplies. This is literally a one-stop shop for witchcraft supplies. Sacred Mist Shop also offers over 75 plant seeds specifically curated for the witch's garden, including healing and magical herbs, flowers, and plant seeds, just a few of which include belladonna, mandrake, sweetgrass, moonflower, patchouli, elderberry, and mugwort, and so many more. Their divination tools include tarot and oracle decks and a gorgeous natural polished black obsidian scrying mirror with ornate antiqued brass stand available in two sizes. Sacred Mist Shop offers everything you need to set up your magical space, including wands, athames, hand-carved gemstones, runes, and wooden rune sets, god and goddess statuary, and more. They have everything a new witch could want and a bunch of other fun stuff and amazing things you didn't even know you needed until you're shopping there. The goddess statues are amazing and add so much energy to any altar. I love the bonsai wishing trees and had to have them. They're beautiful and a reminder of the energy I want to have around me. Plus, Sacred Mist Shop offers a wide variety of jewelry and books. Purchases at Sacred Mist Shop help support the education and training programs offered at Sacred Mist Academy. To get 10% off your purchase of 35 or more, go to sacredmist.com and use code WITCHLIFE at checkout. Offer available until December 31st, 2020. Sacred Mist Shop, offering unique and handcraft witchcraft and Wicca supplies to the pagan community since 2002. Thank you to Sacred Miss Shop and Sacred Miss Academy for being an episode sponsor. 
Hey witches, you have an incredible opportunity here to pre-order a copy of Michael Fury's The Witch's Book of Potions. I mean, witches have got to have a few potion recipes up their sleeve, am I right? The Witch's Book of Potions features more than 90 easy-to-follow recipes and detailed instructions on using potions in your practice. This is a fun, accessible book and an absolute must-have for the witch's shelf. Michael Fury is awesome. He is a kind, knowledgeable soul who has put together an incredible exploration of brews, infusions, and elixirs and details how they empower your magical work. The Witch's Book of Potions provides recipes for nearly every intention, including healing, cleansing, protection, prosperity, and love, potions to raise your psychic skills, brews for the Sabbaths, astrological recipes, and other magical mixtures like oils and ointments. Learn how to use different kinds of cauldrons and make magical cocktails with effective recipes, spells, and ingredient correspondences. This book brings the iconic image of a witch stirring her brew or their brew into a 21st century reality. Pre-order your copy today at Llewellyn.com and save 20% with coupon code POTIONS20. Coupon valid through December 31st, 2020, not valid in conjunction with other discounts or previously placed orders. Note that you do need to be logged into your Llewellyn.com account for coupon to apply. This would be a great Yule gift for your favorite witch, and it's totally fine if that favorite witch is you. Thank you to Llewellyn for being an episode sponsor. We are really excited, everybody, to announce that we are being joined today by Rachel True. Rachel True is an American actress who has appeared in many hit and cult films, including The Craft, Half-Baked, and Nowhere. She was nominated for an NAACP award for her work on the TV show Half and Half. A native New Yorker and an avid bibliophile, Rachel is a lifelong tarot practitioner and author of the True Heart Intuitive Tarot Book and Deck. She lives in Los Angeles. Hi, Rachel. Hi. First of all, thank you for such a lovely intro. And second of all, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, we are so excited. Yeah, we are uh, thrilled. (laughs) I was really excited. We both, uh, well, so Courtney and I have been known to fight over books (laughs) and and tarot decks, and I often try and steal them from her. (laughs) And she had gotten your deck, and I knew that I wasn't actually going to be able to steal that one from her. So I have, I got it as well. Oh, thank you so much. And, And I absolutely love it. And one of the things that we usually start with in our podcast is by uh, asking our guest, um, how do you know, how did you know when you were a witch or a magical (laughs) person? And I know that in your book, you actually clarify that you don't consider yourself a witch or necessarily pagan. So how did you know that you were all magically fabulous. I'm not. First of all, the only reason I say that is I guess labels can be weird, right? But also I'm not in a coven and, um, you know, true Wiccan, and what you guys know much more than I do, is is a way of life, a religion, right? So for me, I was like, I have, I absolutely have six million witchy habits. <laughs> How's that? But I guess, I, or I guess I consider myself just a natural witch more so than a, uh, I'm not a group person. <laughs> you know what? I will tell you that we do not define a witch by only a coven. Like none oh. of us do. Okay. I'm not in a coven. Uh, Kanani's not in a coven. Courtney's oh. not currently in a coven. 
I don't disagree, but I'm trying to be like correct because there's been people who you know were like, "You're not a witch because you don't." And I'm like, "All right, I don't oh, care." Come on. <laughs> no. Some people, you know what? Next time that happens, tell me so I can go slap them because it's just not true. All right, you I already know. To our podcast, and they'll get set straight <laughs> real quick. I would say, listen, uh, pretty young in the end because I, I, I think like a lot of you that I'm speaking to, you kind of just innately were interested in it from a very young age. So I've told this before, but it's very true because I think it's my introduction to this world. Uh, well, I was in foster care from like nine months to four years old. And then around four, went to live with my dad and uh, his new wife, my stepmom, who taught us to read. So around four to five, the two books I pulled down from uh, the bookcase were Carl Jung's Man and His Symbols and Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil. So those were what I was drawn to. And then cut to a couple of years later, I, I'm already interested in thinking I'm hearing ghosts and seeing magical things, but cut to a few years later, uh, one of my parents' friends had a tarot deck and I went, oh my God, this is way, this is just like the young book or, or Nietzsche. And, and it seemed like a, a language I could parse and speak if I learned it. You know, um, but I lived in New York City as a kid, and there's so much energy coming at you that I felt like I already started to kind of protect my little energy, you know, my empath energy at a very young age. So I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but I just feel like it was always kind of with me. Do you feel like, as a child, do you feel like it sounds kind of like that was? not necessarily encouraged, but kind of allowed. It sounds like you kind of had some freedom to kind of develop that. Well, I lived in New York City, right? And I loved me a library. Just loved me a library all my entire life. Spent my life, you know, buried in a book. So I don't know that it was necessarily encouraged, but it wasn't discouraged. I mean, also, I'm a Gen X age person, so we nobody was paying attention to us. Yeah, <laughs> for, seriously. But you know I, what still I, remember, I still remember that when the light came on in the neighborhood on the lamppost, that's when you run home because right. that, like, that's I, like your go home signal. Yeah, so it was a it was just a different time, I guess, you know, and since I was such a voracious reader, uh I don't think anyone was I was reading a book a day and was tested on it by the school because they didn't believe me and I got in, oh. you know, a gold star on comprehension. So I just think they weren't keeping up with what I was doing to be honest. Uh you know, but that's that's been a thing that's been with me my whole life and then maybe like you guys too, I realized at a young age I had the ability to, you know, meet someone new and say the one thing that seemed to crack them in half. <laughs> like, yes. so I realized what I was doing. It took me a while to get that I was picking up on their energy and their thoughts and that maybe I just shouldn't say the first thing that pops in my mind. You know, you actually, it was really cool. One of the things that you write in your book, which wasn't, uh, it wasn't tarot related, but I wanted to kind of mention it because I thought it was, it was fabulous and not something that I think I'd really heard before and I just thought was really cool was one of the things about the tarot deck that you go into is it's about high vibes and low vibes and it's very much about vibes and the energy yeah and you go into actually a meditation not really a meditation sort of but kind of a, a breathing exercise a meditation exercise on on visualizing energy and doing it with people who you're close to. And I thought that that was 
such a cool concept, the way you, you discussed kind of, um, you know, sitting down, kind of really centering and grounding and envisioning, uh, you know, someone you're close to, your, your loved one, your parent, your friend, whomever, and to get a sense of and a vibe of the relationship <laughs> to kind of see, like, is this a positive relationship? Is this a negative relationship? And I feel like, you know, that the way you, you pulled it together, I just thought oh, was tremendous. I think it comes from my acting background, too, because, um, you know, I know that the, uh, muscle memory is a thing, you know, with that. We know we store things, emotions, feelings in muscles. And, yeah, I think we can access all that. And I'm glad, I'm so glad to hear that some of that resonated because, you know, when you're writing a book like this, I'm like, okay, some of this is really obvious maybe and but still should be written down and to hear you're like oh I hadn't thought of it that way is great you know because we think everyone knows what we know or I and one thing I know at my age is I don't know anything you know I have so much to learn uh, from you or anyone I, I, I interact with and even with tarot even though I've written a book and I have decades of experience to back it up I'm still a student of tarot you know, my dynamic with the cards is always changing. And I think I had that exercise in there because ultimately, um, you know, I have a, my own spread in there. And one of the positions is, is this thing, person, place, or thing I'm desiring in alignment with my higher self? Because I don't know about you all, but I have certainly wanted things and gotten them that were so terrible for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Definitely episodes about that. Yeah, we <laughs> we do literally have entire episodes about that. I mean, it's so true. I think that. Um, I mean, I I definitely am a firm believer that like anything we take on, you're never like the expert of something. You oh, there's always something to learn, even if you're at the top of your field. There's more to learn, and there's many, many, many schools of thought, just like yes. you guys said about Wicca. There's many schools of thought, right? Just so with tarot, many, many schools of thought. That's why I call what I've written up in here interpretations rather than definitions. I love that. Absolutely. And I think one of the other cool things that you added in here, um, which I thought was really cool was, you know, one of the things that really, I think people find intimidating about, you know, tarot and reading is, you know, there's, there's 78 cards. (laughs) They think they have to memorize everything. How do I memorize everything? And you actually talk about you call it the actor's way yeah. to memorize the cards. Can you kind of go into that a little bit? Because I thought that was phenomenal. Well, it's about having an emotional connection. Again, when, we, when an actor learns, uh, you know, gets hired for a job, the last thing you learn, or an audition even, the last thing you learn are the lines, the very last. What you're doing is connecting emotionally with the character and figuring out what the character's emotional arc is. And so I know it can be done fairly quickly. And I wrote it up in the book because I thought, okay, if you just like King of Wands, he's fiery, he's the, you know, you get your keywords and, and you get it, but you don't, you're not really feeling it. Are you? You're intellectually, you're swordsing it. You're intellectually understanding the card. But if you can relate it again to, if we know it's a, well, let's take like the, the Prince of Wands who'd be an F boy maybe right (laughs) even the king of wands a little bit but if you can relate that to someone in your life or your your great your your uncle so-and-so bam 
you don't need, you know, that card now, well, you know, one level of it, I should say, because of course I talk about the cards in terms of high vibe or low vibe, which is very similar to reversals. But my theory is at least again, mine, even crazy cards like the devil, right? In its best sense in the highest vibe would be freedom or a bacchanalian good time that might kill you if you did it 365 a year but I you tried know, it some, for a while yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> haven't we all same <laughs> but being a little naughty is is not bad or forget naughty um let's say you are growing up in this tiny rural uh religious town and you've realized maybe you're gay right and you might get the devil coming up not because you're bad but because you are breaking the societal chains so yeah. There is high vibe to even a, you know, I think the tower is one of the harshest because that's really death. If you ask me, you know, that can not always, but I'm saying that's a really weird card that can sometimes go real heavy, but in the best sense of that card is spiritual enlightenment, a bolt of spiritual enlightenment. So even that, or you, uh, uh just get a job and you've got to leave tomorrow. Well, that's an actor's life. You got to pack up everything tonight <laughs> and leave tomorrow. That might be a tower card moment because, Oh shit, everything I had planned for today has changed and gone and now I got to feed find someone to feed my animal and my my life and my you know so they the energy of the cards plays out in many many ways and that's why I say I'm always a student because like when I was 21 or two I was so intimidated by the high priestess and yet she was my favorite card when I was writing the book and you know I thought she was so austere and buttoned up as a kid and like a school marm and now I'm like you don't know what she's got on under them robes (laughs) It's totally true. You know, I, one of the things that I, I was really, uh, that I thought was really kind of cool and, and I'll be honest, I didn't know until I kind of had, had read your book was that was the fact as you went into this, you knew all of this before you were even in the movie. Oh yeah. And I think it's kind of a, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, she knows this stuff cause she was in that movie where it's like, oh, contraire, you know, you were a part of this. I mean, I can't, you know, whatever people want to think they're going to think, but Feruza Balk and I were both very knowledgeable and interested in the subject. Uh, We had a Wiccan consultant on that movie, too, that her and I both took full advantage of and went to a Beltane festival, which, by the way, well, your reader, your listeners already know this, but, like, I didn't know it was so kind of sexy and and a little (laughs) S&M-y. Super sexy. It's a good time. That's right. And those are things, like, we, we, Fruz and I in the cast were already interested, and we went and we took advantage. So I was in this lifestyle before. In fact, I had true, very true story that my TV broke nine months before that script landed in my lap. My TV broke, only had three channels, was like, do I fix it? And I was like, this inner voice, my higher self, if you were religious, I guess, if Christian, you would say God, but I, I, I just, I don't know, I'm not. So I'd say, higher self said, no, no, don't fix your TV, you're supposed to be doing something else. And it was really slow, there was no acting work, and I was like, fuck, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I threw myself into these tarot study. I was already into tarot, but then I kept copious grimoires and notebooks and things, and, and and kept, you know, track of the patterns I was seeing and how to utilize it. And anyway, then, then, then two guys come over and fix my TV nine months later. They're like, it's just a cord. And then the script showed, <laughs> that's all I've gotten, by the way. They literally fixed it in two minutes. And, uh, and then the script showed up like the next week. And I was like, this is, I know I've literally just been doing this. You're like, I was unwittingly getting ready for this part and I had no idea. But 
haven't we all been that person? Like, I'm only saying this stuff because I've done, you know, like not listened to my intuition 60 billion times enough to oh, know exactly. I'm intuitive and I should listen to my intuition. It's something that you develop. I know for me, like I've slowly started to, like over my lifetime, I kind of was a slow uh, journey into into really understanding that I that trusting that doesn't lead me wrong, you know. Well, and it's a fine line, right? Like because our our it, our ego or it or everything can sometimes supersede our yes. intuition, and that's why I wanted to write the book too, so that people could understand there's a way to develop it, you know, and, and tarot can be a part of that. Right. But you have to kind of develop it because our ego desire is so very large. You know, I'm an actor. I have to have a really healthy ego to get up and do things like, Hey, pick me. I'm fabulous for this part. Right. Or even writing a book. It's all, there's a fair amount of egos. I can do that. You know, <laughs> we all, but see, I think there's obviously a place and a time for the ego, right? We'd be nothing without it. So, um, I, I think I talk about the ego in the book a bit and I feel like tarot has been super helpful in me keeping semi-grounded in a town full of smoke and mirrors, you know? I, I think that story is so perfect because it does sound like, you know, you really were set up to prepare for that role. And then you became, you know, kind of synonymous with that role in regards to the magical community. Do you feel like the experiences you had, do you feel like it changed your magic in any way? Uh, doing the movie, you mean? Like being a part of it and oh. kind of, it sounds like it kind of did because it sounds like you, you yourself branched out and tried new things. I mean, yes and no. I was already doing that stuff before the movie. You know what I mean? So I, I don't, did the movie make me go more into it? It made me keep up my studies. I think I would have done, I think I would have been on this path with or without the movie. It certainly mm-hmm. it's actually really cool. It's really cool. I mean, it certainly sounds like it. And I think it must have been such a gift to have someone that is like that was already involved in in witchcraft or magic of some sort and tarot in your case. Because I feel like you, if you don't connect with that, it would be really hard to fake it, you know? So I think it's amazing, yeah. you know? I mean, along, yeah. those lines, along those lines, I had a question about this as well. Um, so first of all, I mean, the, the, the deck itself has a lot of power because you heard us draw our own readings from it just a couple of weeks ago on one of our episodes. And oh, wow. I just drew one card. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but thank you guys so much for, you know, first of all, checking out the deck. and But not only that, but reading the book as well. It really does mean a lot to me. I worked very hard on it. It oh, was phenomenal. It. And let me tell you, I'm a writer myself and I've had four books crush my ego. There is something <laughs> that is just so ego crushing about sitting alone in your room with your words. It's like, oh, the whole thing you build up to be an actor, just a book will just, just destroy it. Maybe That's that wasn't your experience, saying. but it was mine. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but please ask your question, but I really genuinely wanted to thank you guys for, for that because, you know, it's an offering. You put it out there. You don't know how people are going to receive it, and that's that. No, it's, it's, but I think also you're part of your offering, and I don't even know that you realize this, is there's just so much power and intention within each card. Cause like we just did one card readings when I, when I did this, cause I'm, I'm an anarchistic tarot reader. I kind of make up my own spreads. <laughs> Fair and, enough. Um, <laughs> just by pulling one card and discussing it with both Hillary and Kanani, 
I've made some really powerful revelations because I got the eight of swords and realized that my own hair was tied up in all these different places. And I've had conversations with both of them separately and together saying, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. And not just even like, you know, tasks that I've taken on that aren't mine, but also taken on people's emotions. Like I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, can I just say, it's so interesting you brought up your hair, right? Because that is in the card. If people haven't seen the deck, it's usually uh, the rider weight is a person tied to the sword and they're not tied very tightly. They're bandaged on over their eyes, very loose, as if to say they could move away from that situation if they chose to, but maybe they're feeling stuck there. So my card is uh, not too dissimilar, but it's a person floating up high and there's all this octopus-like hair connected to the swords. And if you look, it's just a little tiny ends, right? It's just a little tiny ends of the hair the person could extricate themselves by cutting off those dead ends but i came up with the artwork for that because listen i'm known for my hair right so i guess i didn't realize i'm a jigo i had wrapped up in my hair when all my hair broke off oh my god girls is insane it was trauma it was like not traumatizing because i'm i was i was in the middle of writing the book and i was well aware it was ego right it doesn't and that's why i came up with the image for the card because ultimately the person the figure on the card it would not hurt them to cut off the dead ends it's just ego that made like in my case feel not as attractive without all my hair right or i couldn't hide behind my hair anymore and so i played around with that concept and that's how i came up with that imagery for the card and it was done by the artist stephanie singleton who's a Canadian artist, super talented. And, but I, I literally, you know, I guess I micromanaged it because we weren't in the same place and she didn't want to get together. I wanted to go to Canada and work with her. And she was like, no. Canada <laughs> doesn't welcome us right now. So maybe later. No, it was like pre-COVID. She was just like, I don't, I don't work that way. It was, she was like, I don't work that way. And I was like. We've, we've had many guests actually that live in Canada and we're like, we're so sorry for being like the meth lab downstairs. Like, can we just, come hang out with me please she was I think she was like I don't want an abrasive of American anywhere near me but I would like pull artwork and you know uh, stuff and and or come up with the cons I wrote a second book for her basically is what I'm saying here I That's love that amazing. you know like I when we when we did that uh one card reading I also I also got the same card as Courtney and I was like <gasps> oh really yeah yeah it's and it's honestly like we are both in very similar scenarios right now with like I, I have a tendency to like, I'm like, what's that? What's that shiny thing over there? Ooh, it inspires me. I'm going to do that too. There's a point, I think, that it, it really rang true to me that like, I need to focus like on what I want and what, and what my goals are and that spreading myself 800 different ways thin <laughs> is letting, letting go of the things that drag us down, right? Like, think once we look into, that's what, like, you know what's interesting about talking about you guys? You all know tarot or you know this sort of world and you understand that a tarot practice is about a lot of self-reflection frankly and looking at our shadow side and a lot of people who are very new to tarot or just tiktok tarot which i'm not entirely knocking but i am a little bit because i i think there is something to knowing and doing the work yourself and knowing that if you look at this card, it's for you to think about, ruminate on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's usually not about 
can you believe this other person did this thing to me? Because yes, we can all believe other people are assholes. (laughs) Exactly. It's what I want to talk about in a reading and why I don't do public readings really, except for my friends and stuff anymore, just because it's not, it's not my calling to be a reader reader. It is my calling to do tarot. Um, But what I know is it's so much more helpful for me to go, why am I engaging with the asshole? Yes, 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 absolutely. Oh my God, it's totally. Well, and one of the things that I loved about your deck was I tend to be someone who, one of the things I've found is that when I do readings, I kind of throw the cards out and then I, I just kind of intuitively give the reading and I don't necessarily focus too much on the cards. It just kind of comes to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things I loved about your cards was, you know, some people, the cards are very extravagant. They're very elaborate. They're, you know, these huge pictures with all these different things going on. And yours have a much more simple picture to them depicting something. And I felt like with yours, yours kind of, instead of necessarily like trying to like show you in a picture, this is what this card means. Right. It gives you a feeling. Well, I wanted to, thank you for that. They they invoke a feeling. Oh, good. Because I am about connecting, like I said, in the actor's way to the card with feelings. And I want to, it was very tricky, right? You're designing a deck. You're not with the artist, da, 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 da. But what I realized was, especially with this book, my ego wanted to design a very complicated esoteric deck, right? But I went, no, you've been hired to write a book and do this. And so I decided to make it, hopefully it is deceptively simple, right? There's simple, uh, simple enough for a beginner, very beginner to kind of yeah. understand tarot, but enough layers so that someone who is more practiced and has you know, been doing tarot for years can still find Definitely. a different layer in it that the, maybe the newbie wouldn't. Absolutely. But like I said, the thing, it it just, the pictures are done so well that, like I said, they just kind of, to me, they, they just, I love that you use the words in your book, high vibe, low vibe, because that's what they do. They give off vibes. They give off energy. Well, I wanted also just to say, I wanted to be really respectful to Pamela Coleman Smith. So while there are, who is the artist of the Rider Waite Smith deck? Her name was left off the deck for a really long time because I believe Rider is a publisher. So, you know, I wanted to honor her. And in doing that, I thought, okay, there's some cards that are calling to me, like the chariot, for example, to stay kind of similar. There just are. There's a few cards that are similar, but even the eight of pentacles is sort of, you know, inspired by hers. But I also... Um, wanted to not kind of copy it identically or try to recreate the scenes they had in there, but to do it in a modern way. And one of my friends gave me a lovely compliment. She's already into tarot. She's a tough critic. And she said, well, you know, the thing I like about your deck is it feels like a, 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 com- a cozy blanket. Aww. And that's good. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Well, I use decks for different reasons, right? So if you don't want a warm, cozy blanket, fair enough. But most of the time I do, right? But I, I also use the toast or thoth or how whatever pe- people pronounce it. If I want it real brutal sometimes, I'm like, <laughs> give it to me. Straight no chaser. <laughs> Kill me. I will go for a different deck. So... I love the idea of a warm, cozy deck, though, because a lot of decks can be... Like, first of all, if I see one more Bavarian serving wench on a YouTube deck, (laughs) right? (laughs) I'm not knocking it. I'm Eastern European, too. I'm just saying. I was like, 
Okay, that's been done. And then I had actually another artist that I loved. His, uh, his it was a him, and I kind of did want to work with a woman to be honest. But this uh, South American man's artist was amazing. But it was very, um, it was uh, fine art inspired, and I love fine art. But in the end, his stuff was so Eurocentric and fine art. And I thought, okay, I've seen fine art decks, right? right. And he's stunning. But I don't necessarily this. He'd be great for the further along esoteric deck, and if we can un. Europe him but um I love doing this with another woman from a mixed background so you know she has a different background than myself but she's a mixed chick and it was just kind of something that was important to me to do with this project there's a lot of decks out there now so I know I just am happy to have mine be part of this new wave well, it was, like I said, it was absolutely beautifully done. And I do actually think that that is, that's a, a very accurate, you know, kind of depiction she gave you because that is how I feel about this deck is it just, it evokes energy and it feels, and it's, and it evokes a comfortable energy. Like oh, yeah. you're reading it, you're, you're feeling the cards. So I can totally see why someone would say it's like a cozy blanket. It really does. And I also love, you know, like I loved the representation in the deck as well, because, you know, we've all seen so many tarot decks that are only representative of like wafy white women. And it's at least, like, listen, I'm going to give the world credit that at least that has changed in the last few years. I've seen, has. you know. Quite a few decks have come up that are multicultural, thank goodness. But thank it was God. It was thank- for, for so long, right? Yes. It's actually why, I don't know if you guys know, one of the first decks, besides Rider Wait, that I got into was the Voyager deck back in the and, 80s. Yep. You yeah, know that one? Because it was collage and a picture collage for the most part and multicultural. And now I stopped using it a while back, a long time ago, mostly because it's, it's odd. It's so uh, multicultural and fabulous. It's also a little airy. And um, I, I, for some reason, the emotional connection isn't there, but I love that deck. I also use mother peace deck. I love their spread. The mother peace spread is I included in my book because it is fucking fantastic. It's a modified Celtic cross. It is even better so much more information to read i use mother peace deck forever until i was like i don't have any dates what's going on and then i realized there's no men in that deck whatsoever except for one angry dude so mother peace is probably a deck you should have because there's no men in it uh, that's my deck i don't know why i don't have that one right now <laughs> i do listen it is a great deck by the way like it, it's uh i think in its telling and in its interpretations which are Rider weight base, but some of them I, I like. Even my four, uh, one of my cards is is probably closer to their interpretation. Like I've seen on. Also, I'd love to ask you guys what you guys think of. I've seen new people, you know, on TikTok and YouTube give their own interpretations, and there's a couple of them that I agree with. Like, oh, okay, I'll buy the prince or princess in my deck, but the young person of swords is maybe they're looking at your social media. Okay, I'll buy that for a dollar, you know. But um, but so there's some other ones I don't like. Like all of a sudden, every three cards is an interloper in your relationship. And I don't agree with that. See, I've not seen that before. So so the threes, um, I've actually never seen the interpretation of the interloper. I've seen um, threes and fives tend to um, There's a lot more action and change and fives are Action and change, complication. Yeah. There's a question I had for you as well, and I would love to know how your relationship with the tarot has changed, if it's changed, since starting the creation of this deck. 
Oh, since that's a good question. Like not since my beginning, but since starting the creation, you know, I've actually come to really like that. The, you know, it means so much that the deck resonates with you guys because it really resonates with me too, actually. Like, I think it's really easy to read with. And I think that that is to me super important. Um, for, for people to get, because the, again, I always say the magic isn't in the cards, right? It's in you uh, and your reaction, your visceral reaction to the image on the card. So I really like that people are telling me, you know, that the images are giving them a visceral reaction. Um, but how, so, you know, it's funny to be a hundred percent honest. And I don't know that it has much to do with finish. It might have stuff to do with finishing the book, but I would say more COVID related. Um, I used to do daily reading every day, maybe twice a day. And I kind of pulled back once the pandemic was in uh, full swing, mostly because, and I, I had the same theory about um, therapy. I advise everyone to go to therapy. I went to therapy for many, many years. And then I stopped because what I thought was, okay, I now need to go out and do, put this stuff into practice, you know, without the, 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 the safety beacon or the check-in. I, I'm pretty confident. I've learned some of these. I need to go. So kind of felt that way with tarot for a little while. I was like, I get what you're saying. <laughs> There's not one more reading I can do. So in, in the end, I think it's made me trust my own intuition even more because mm. maybe you guys are the same way. I can read people without cards. I don't need the cards to read a person. <laughs> Yep. No, I totally see that. Yeah. It gave you, um, I can totally see that. It, it kind of gave you the, the confidence to realize yeah. you're not so reliant on the cards. Yeah, and I think I already, I already did that by the way. I already knew I could read people without the cards. So, but in the height of the pandemic, I probably pulled back. I know that I have to do something creative every day. So I made sure to write, or even if it's like, I don't know, I sew, right? So I made an old timey jacket. Anything creative makes me happy. So doing, now I'm getting back into a daily tarot practice because even someone who's been doing it for years and years and years, you can still start to imbue things on it. And I realized, um, I was thinking about a relationship only, right? So I was filtering everything, every reading through that. And I thought you need to pull it back and stop and get clear and then really listen to your cards again. So even someone like me who's written a book on it can go through changes like that. I would say more than anything, what's changed since, um, with my own deck and writing the book is my dynamic with the cards. I mean, if you're going to design 78 tarot cards, like you already know the cards before you start, right? You don't, hopefully you don't write a tarot book unless you know what you're talking about, but boy, do I know them inside and out. And, you know, I kind of think of everything now in terms of that, like, this is this energy. You know, this is seven of wands energy. This is five of cups, you know? So I would say maybe working on my book and, and, and designing the deck has done that for me, but it is, it makes sense because I've talked about it before. I'm sure you've talked about it on your podcast that the, you know, it's just the hero's journey, isn't it? Especially the major arcana yeah. is the hero's journey that we're all going through. Um, and, and I think I just stopped doing as many readings because I thought I'm in a, we're in a hangman stage for a minute, <laughs> You know? Oh boy, are we ever. And actually yeah. that that makes me, uh, that brings up a question that I wanted to ask as well. So, you know, speaking of COVID and the pandemic and like so much that's going on in the world right now that's really heavy, how do you think that magic, that tarot, that 
uh, that connecting with energy can help us navigate these things? Well, first of all, I think people are realizing, and I'm not talking about religion at all, but I mean, uh, a lot of people are realizing they're all gods as in, you know, capitalism, white men, all of them are kind of, you know, a little tarnished. So I think it makes perfect sense when, when you cannot rely on what you've been told. And, you know, if you just work very hard and buy your house and go to church, whatever you've been told, and you're realizing that that maybe wasn't the whole story, it makes complete sense. You know, we're entering into a new whole period. And I think rediscovering our, our own magic is something that we as man, woman have done all through our entirety. You know, we have lost and picked up our own magic constantly. I mean, how is it the Romans had aqueducts and proper toilets, you know, and then they were, that was just lost. Right. So there's a lot of that's, and that's just practical stuff, not even magic. But I think a lot of people, especially like black people, I'm hoping are realizing not knocking organized religion, but I am going to point out that like, it wasn't the religion of black people. We were brought over here. It was put on us as a bit of a yoke. And now there's beauty to it too, obviously in religion. And I think that esoteric and magic studies, which if you look through the Bible, it's rife with, go hand in hand. And I'm hoping that that's the new chapter. We, we, you know, enter into it because it's so weird to have people malign me for a tarot book when, you know, there's Southern Baptist Republicans talking about their wives' prophetic dreams, you know, then what's the difference? Oh, hundred percent. Well, and kind of like something you touched on as far as there's kind of an awakening with people, And one of the things that I'm hoping, and maybe it's just me being naive and hoping, but one of the things that I'm hoping that comes out of the pandemic is is a deeper understanding of how interdependent we all are on one another and how it's not just enough for you to be okay. You should care whether or not your neighbor's okay. Yeah, like, I mean, let's the, embrace that. One of the things that was so hard during the pandemic was looking on Twitter and seeing people like be really mad at other people for making uh, the, un- the unemployment extra money, right? And all these people kept putting up nasty tweets like, it's not fair that so-and-so is making more than me or whatever, and it's not fair. I make good money and my cousin's making more. And what I finally, I was like, stay out of it. And then I put up a tweet saying, you need to hear this. Like, you don't make good money, first of all. And second of all, your cousin doesn't have any savings if he's been working at McDonald's. So if he's banking a little more money now, leave him alone. Yeah. Yeah. That means that he might not need three paychecks to pay the rent. He might be able to do it in two. Right. I was like, where's the compassion for your fellow man? And it makes me understand why a Trump, you know, as a reaction, obviously to Obama. Right. But also a Trump resonates because maybe Hillary's right. Maybe there's a certain amount of deplorables who really, they love a Trump because that's how they treat other people. If they were as powerful as him, you know, they're never going to make the money. All those memes about like, Oh, if you're worried about the Biden tax raise, look at your, if you have a popcorn ceiling, don't worry about it. It's not going to affect you. And I would I said to some of my friends in upstate New York who are very poor, you know, this is a dirt floor area. Like, why are you Republican? Why? Well, because if I made that kind of money, I would want to do the same things. And I think there is that way of thinking. And then there is another way of thinking, thinking, which is we are only as strong as our, you know, uh, fellow, weakest fellow man. Right. So 
that's, I forget who said that, but, um, uh, it's true. And that's how I feel because somebody asked me why I always wear this blue butterfly necklace and I'm a creature of habit. I'm lazy. Uh, I like it, but also I noticed <laughs> when I go out in the world and I'm wearing this necklace, everybody lights up. Their vibe suddenly raises. So I don't really care that so-and-so over there actress is like, she wears the same necklace every day. I don't care because it's making so many other people happy. And that's, that's the, the vibe thing I'm talking about. That's what matters. Yeah. No, huh? I think I think that's I think that's phenomenal. I have it's funny I've talked about before. I actually have a necklace that Courtney gave me. I think back when we were like nineteen. Yeah, I think we just proved that Rachel and Kanani are soul twins because Kanani wears the same well, necklace. She, every she had me at 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 lazy and <laughs> you know don't care. That's where I realized she and I are just twinsies. <laughs> Um, but I have a necklace that I wear and I wear it almost every day and I have other beautiful necklaces. This is the necklace I wear every day. And it's because every day I'm out, at least someone somewhere comments on it and somehow people feel like if they have a problem or all of a sudden people will talk to me. Like it just kind of somehow exudes to people. Yeah, because I listen, I've had this butterfly necklace for like, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And I think in the beginning, it probably was an ego. Oh, you like my necklace, right? Way back when. But it, it quickly became, no, no, it's not about me. Like, I don't, I wear this every day. It's 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 about, oh, look at their face kind of light up. Yep. And, and, and their little frown go away. Yeah. So, and suddenly they're like, oh, um, I went to a fairy festival a couple right. of years ago. Have you ever heard of one of those? And I yes. just kind of giggle. And it's like, oh, yes, I have. But like... Like, yeah. you know what's funny, though, Kanani, is that every day you're wearing a piece of Courtney. Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Oh, that made me sick a little. <laughs> <laughs> what, sign, what sign are you guys? Uh, hey, Lord, I'm a, I'm a cancer with a Scorpio moon. I'm a mess. Oh, that's a lot of water. I am a, <laughs> a and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Libra. And Courtney and I have actually been friends since we were 12. So we've been stuck oh, together no. a long time. It's and- listen. I think every every water watery watery drenched sign needs a needs an air sign around to like <laughs> so dry I'm us a, out. Dry I'm us a, up. I know. Then then there's me. So I'm a Taurus with a Taurus moon and a Virgo rising. So oh, she's all about now? buying shit. I'm all about <laughs> buying shit and like yeah. I'm like very practical, but also like to spend a lot of money. <laughs> Rachel, what are you? What are you, Rachel? I'm a Scorpio with a, a Capricorn rising. And it's funny because I always thought it was a Scorpio that annoyed people, but no, it's the Capricorn. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's, it that's is. a tough one. It's a Capricorn. <laughs> I'm very blunt. I'm very, you know, all these things that are just annoying. So I was like, oh, I just attracted up to being a Scorpio. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Oh, and we actually had a listener who wrote in a question that we wanted to see if you would be willing to weigh in on. Ah, I'm 35 and only just now finding the courage to embrace my beliefs in magic and witchcraft. I started exploring my spirituality more seriously right around the time COVID was starting. So finding direction and community has definitely been a challenge. I'm certain there are multiple others in my situation and the resources you have mentioned in your episodes have definitely helped. So thank you very much for that. I have a follow-up question related to anonymity. I was raised in a very Catholic family, and so I'm only, quote-unquote, out of the broom closet to my mom and my husband, both of whom are very supportive. I also live in the Midwest, so even if COVID was not a thing, in-person options are limited. 
I'm trying to find others and many, many resources link to a Facebook page, which has pretty much stopped me from engaging because I don't necessarily trust the ability to remain anonymous on that platform. Do you have any tips in general for finding community online while remaining at least semi-anonymous or is my best course of action waiting until it's safer to go out? Huh? Well, I mean, you know, it's so crazy to me as a, as just the way I grew up as a, you know, mixed New York city kid. I forget that again in the Midwest, right? All of this is very new and very taboo. And so I applaud um, the questioner for even, you know, being willing to explore and, and already seeing. What I think is, if I'm just being really practical with the advice for the second part of the question is, I might actually set up, you know, a blank anonymous Facebook account, go in there and find out where else they're meeting. Because they're not staying on Facebook, I promise you. But that is one way, right? But I would say, have you actually explored each and every one of your options? Because even in a small town or a small, you know, tri-county area, there are like-minded people. Have you put up a post somewhere where other people might see it? Have you put it in your local, uh, a little thing, an anonymous, you know, in the back of the newspaper where you can anonymously say, I want to form a group or this and that. Have you, have you looked outside the box, I think is what I'm saying here. And I know you're saying, but what? The questioner is saying, but what do you mean outside the box? And I'm saying I'm a Scorpio and tenacious and each in every little thing I would uncover. I would go to the local uh, uh, store and know it's not particularly safe. And if it's an, if you're under lockdown, then you cannot go to the store, right? But if you are under not lockdown and you wear your mask and they're only letting like my local bookstore here only has you know, two to two, three people in at a time and you feel safe enough to do that and your body's sturdy enough, you can go and you, they probably have a board there where you could put something up. I would start looking at the websites of writers of esoteric books that I like because quite often there is a discussion under the books um, of like-minded people and you might be able to connect even on a Goodreads kind of site. There are other people commenting, oh, I love this witchcraft book for this reason or, or whatever and I would start interacting and staying anonymous if that's super important. It's pretty easy to stay anonymous online to be honest and that's why I said worst case scenario would be actually setting up, you know, a dummy Facebook account uh, that's yeah. totally private so it's just nothing and all your information is locked down. And I, you know, me, I would probably do that if I really wanted to connect and it's COVID and I couldn't go out and I hate Facebook, which I do too, but I am in like an 18th century sewing group on Facebook, you know, because that's where I'm finding <laughs> the people who have tips for 18. Oh my God. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm in the same yes. boat as her, <laughs> frankly. Well, like, I got to connect with these people somehow and it's not going to be walking down the street. So <laughs> right. It's really not. So I'm saying because you can't, Instead of so are stopping. you saying that you're not actually Bob Franklin? That's not <laughs> actually part of that group. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> but I want to say to this person, instead of not, instead of going, I can't do this because. Uh, insert COVID, insert whatever. I want you to start looking at that same question. And if you have a tarot deck, pull a card for some advice, but start looking at it from a, the other perspective, which is okay. You know what I say to people? Think like a black person. We were denied so long for so long. They was like, oh, no, I can't do that. Okay, hmm, okay, I can't do it this way. I'm going to find a different way to do it. 
That's how I became an actor. I didn't have an uncle in the business. I had to be very tenacious just to get an agent. So I got a million no's and, and, and it was like, you can't do this. But what I'm saying is if you turn that around and you say, okay, despite all this, what are the few avenues I can do? And Facebook is on there. It's not a bad thing. I hate it, but it's a way to find people. And then you can jump off Facebook is what I'm trying to say. What do you guys think? Because I know I understand her, her issue. My thing would be don't not do it because it's so tough with COVID. What I would say the universe is saying to you to keep doing what you're doing and reaching out and trying to connect with other people. But maybe it is about an internal practice right now. Well, and also kind of taking a spin off what you said about going to your local bookstores, even though a lot of those bookstores are closed, you can email them and reach out to them and find out because a lot of those are still doing their workshops, but they're on Zoom now. That's right. There's a lot of Zooms out there. And and some of them are expensive and some of them are not. So go for the one that is within your price range. Also know when it comes to tarot, there is no such thing as a tarot certification. There is, you can get a certification that I took a class with someone, but there is no, I am now a tarot reader certification. There just isn't. If you, if you don't have an esoteric bookstore or esoteric shop in your, in your town, maybe finding one that is close ish, right. That you could reach out to via email or call if they're open and at least make that connection. Maybe they know of something that exists that 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 we don't know about that isn't on Facebook, or maybe. Oh, there's also a lot of Patreon groups. Like even I, I don't talk about it because I actually like to keep it really small, but I do, it's usually two streaming. It's been one for the last month, but two streaming workshops where I do a little tarot with a very small group. And by the way, they are so supportive of each other. It is amazing. That's so good. Because it is a tiny group and it's actually really inexpensive, right? I just don't talk about it or publicize it on my Instagram because I'm not trying to become the big tarot teacher, but I wanted to do that right and and connect with people on that level so what I'm saying to that questioner is it's not necessarily mine if you want to connect with Wiccan there's there's a bunch of people on there who you probably respect find the witches you look up to whose school of thought of Wiccan do you like if it's Wiccan or or what what is it in witchcraft are you really interested because if it's tarot then you go you know search for the tarot people if it's astrology mixed with what you know you find your groove I love it. I love it. I cannot thank you enough for joining us this evening. This has been so much fun and just absolutely fabulous to chat with you. (laughs) You guys were a blast. (laughs) Uh, How can people find you online and, and how can people follow your work? Oh, well, uh, mostly I'm on, uh, I would say I'm on Instagram and I'm at true Rachel true. So it's my last name. And then my whole name, because this little girl won't give me my name back. And (laughs) I'm like, aren't you sick of getting hit hit up by the brothers? And she's like crickets. So I'm like, okay. Anyway, I'm at true Rachel true on uh, Instagram. And I'm, you know, I'm probably more active in my stories, people. I rarely, if ever, I don't post that much on my main page, although I have been lately for my book. Um, which by the way, the book you can get anywhere books are sold. Um, I would highly recommend you hit up your local indie bookstores and help them stay in business during the pandemic. Eat, you can order by phone, right? Like you don't have to go in. Because of COVID, but for example, the one place you can get a signed copy of my book that doesn't cost any extra is from at Book Soup. They're they're a local bookstore in LA, Book Soup. So their handle, and I'm at 
Rachel True on Twitter. And uh, I got a couple movies in the can that I did, and I'm working on some scripts. So I don't know. My Instagram stories is where I am the most because I like to make little ephemeral mo- movies that go away after 24 hours. That's so fun. Thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast. If you want to support the show, the best way is to subscribe and spread the word. Please also consider leaving us a rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also buy us a coffee or check out our merch on our Etsy store. For bonus content, you can become a supporter on Patreon. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show notes, audio transcript, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, you can go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moting that shit, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye! Bye! Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archived episodes or to ask your burning questions for us to answer in a future podcast. So mode it be! Well, and what's funny is my my blizzards have, and I promise this is temporary, have temporarily been mostly replaced by mimosas because now we tend to be recording no. at the fuck crack of dawn. And so I am like just fully trying to caffeinate and get my, my mimosa, my Sunday mimosa on. And so I promise when we can actually get together and things are more normal in the world, there will be more blizzard eating during our podcast. I promise you this. <laughs> this is a temporary hiatus. Do not fear. I am still a hardcore supporter of all things Dairy Queen and Blizzard.